Welcome to The Microscopists, a bite-sized bio podcast, hosted by Peter O'Toole, sponsored by Zeiss Microscopy. Today on The Microscopists. Welcome to The Microscopists. Now, this is a very special edition focused on Latin American bioimaging, where the Latin community have come together. Now, this focuses Mariana Deniz, yeah, I've been doing microscopy for, for a long time now in the context of parasitic diseases, which I know is very big in York, uh, by the way. And, and, um, and I also do outreach, so I'm quite passionate about scientific communication and, and the whole idea of you know, democratizing science. And that includes uh, you know, showcasing and, and uh, talking about the work that is done all over the world. Leonel Macarida. I am the head of the Advanced Bioimaging Unit. This is a joint initiative between the Universidad de la República, where I own my associate professor position, and as well as the Institute Pasteur of Montevideo, which is part of the Institute Pasteur Network. And since 2020, we, we launched this initiative here in Uruguay, trying to bring uh, some new initiatives, some new technology for the country, but also for the region. And I have been involved since uh, the foundation of Latin American Bioimaging, uh, also in 2020. And Andres Kamade. I always do some kind of disclaimer among this crowd, saying that I am not a microscopist, <laughs> but I, I actually, I'm beginning to understand that I actually am, <laughs> in a way. Uh, I use microscopy for a long time for tackling my, my questions, biological questions. And I found that it's uh, the, uh, the technology or the way to approach this that I love the most. All in this episode of The Microscopists. Hi, welcome to this episode of The Microscopists. I'm Peter O'Toole from University of York. And today I'm joined by three special guests. So I'm joined by Mariana Deniz, Leonard Malancrida and Andrea Kamade. So actually, I'm going to get you to introduce yourselves first. That's a lot better than me doing it. So I'm going to start actually with Mariana. Would you like to introduce yourself? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, so I'm yeah Mariana Denise. I'm I'm from Mexico and I'm currently working in Chicago at Northwestern University at the Feinberg School of Medicine. I'm a member of the of the Center for Advanced Microscopy. And before that, I did uh, my postdocs in France, in in Portugal, and in uh, the UK, mixed with the US. Uh, and yeah, I've been doing microscopy for for a long time now in the context of parasitic diseases, which I know is very big in York, uh, mm -hmm. by the way. And um, and I also do outreach, so I'm quite passionate about scientific communication and and the whole idea of you know democratizing science and that includes um, you know showcasing and, and uh, talking about the work that is done all over the world regarding science. No, no, thank you. That was beautiful. That was quite. That was really nice and succinct, by the way, and, and quite quite nomadic to have gone to so many places. Uh, I'll, I'll come to Lionel next. I'll go around my screen. Uh, doesn't help those listening, but in my screen, this makes sense. Lionel. Hi, Peter. Thank you for the invitation. Well, I'm Lionel Malacrida. I'm from Uruguay. Uh, I am the head of the Advanced Bio-Machine Unit. This is a joint initiative between the Universidad de la Republica, where I own my associate professor position, and as well as the Institute Pasteur Montevideo, who is part of the Institute Pasteur Network. And since 2020, we, we launched this initiative here in Uruguay, trying to bring uh, some new initiatives, some new technology for the country, but also for the region. And I have been involved since uh, the foundation of Latin American Bioimaging, uh, also in 2020. And I, I am a microscopy, and I usually I like to say that I'm more an spectroscopy doing imaging than a microscopy. But uh, yes, <laughs> I can call myself a microscopy. <laughs> uh, but you're using the microscopy for your spectroscopy. So you're a micro, yes. An spectrophotometric microscopist. I don't know what, <laughs> what the best word would be. And Andre, if you'd like to introduce yourself, please. Hi, thank you, Peter. Uh, thank you for the invitation as well. My name is Andres Kamaid. I am. Uh, I was born in Uruguay and raised here, studied biology 
for some time and specialize in neurobiology. So I have to, I always do some kind of disclaimer among this crowd saying that I am not a microscopist, <laughs> but I, I actually, I'm beginning to understand that I actually am <laughs> in a way. Uh, I use microscopy for a long time for tackling my, my questions, biological questions. And I found that it's uh, the, uh, the technology or the way to approach this that I love the most. Uh, so it, have, it has captivated my, my passion for, for a long time. And so I was, I, I was trained as a neurobiologist and then uh, I moved to the United States uh, also several times for, for studying my master degree then come back to Uruguay, then move to Europe in Barcelona to do my PhD, where I uh, switch to developmental biology. I mean, starting to understand the same question, biological questions, but in a different perspective of neurobiology. And then I moved to Mexico to work as a research uh, assistant in the UNAM, in this University Nacional de Mexico, Autónoma. And um, and in that time, I met Lionel Malacrida and, and Chris Wood in Mexico as well. And uh, well, we're going to talk a bit, I guess, about the foundation of LABI. But um, it was then that I, I started to work very actively in something uh, that I would I would call outreach in a way, but also build community. That I think it's one of the topics that we're going to be dealing with here. So. Um, and I met Lionel, and then since then I joined the Institute Pasteur in Montevideo, and we've been working together for a few years, and here we are. So you've all been quite nomadic in going around different countries and, and different continents even, uh, and you've seen different facilities, how the infrastructures work to support science. Uh, it's interesting that only Mariana would actually say she's a hardcore microscopist, and two of you are being converted to microscopists <laughs> or becoming <laughs> comfortable in your skin that you're now microscopists. Uh, it, it, so Latin America Biomaging, uh, Labi, uh, Labi, Labi, Labi. Labi. So, <laughs> so, <call> Labi. <laughs> Labi. So why, why Labi? Why Latin America Biomaging? Why not American? Bioimaging, America's bioimaging. Why Latin America bioimaging? Who'd like to take that answer? Go on, well, Andrew. Go on. I, I, I can I can take that one since I uh, I think I was in the very beginning of how this started, and um, and you know very well that it, something called uh, global bioimaging exists uh, for some time. And uh, no, bioimaging North America also exists. And um, so when I met I met Chris Wood some years ago, and uh, he talked me about this. I didn't know actually, to, to be honest. Uh, as I said, I was more focused. I mean, I was using microscopy, but I was not considering myself something that that was my focus of research. So um, talking with Chris, he talked he talked me about that, and I said, "Wow, that's interesting." And how, why is, I asked the same question. Is there a Latin American bioimaging? Because I knew uh, other imaging societies like um, the Society of Microscopy of some country or the Inter-American uh, Federation of Microscopy Societies or things like that. So uh, we started, we, we and with the people of global bioimaging, they become very interested in having a, uh, uh, bioimaging Latin America or Latin American bioimaging, something that could bring together the people that shares a lot of things in common. We share a lot of things with all the world, especially talking about microscopy, but in terms of cultural uh, identity, I think there is something quite unique to Latin Americans. Um, and that's why, uh, that's that's my perspective. I don't know if you guys want to add something else about that. Uh, I, yeah, I, yeah, Leno, go. So, just uh, if I can add, when we started this discussion with with Andres and, and with also with um, uh, Chris Christopher Wood, uh, um, we we 
we understood that was a, there was a need that was not filled by the academic society, right? The academic societies that were related to microscopy in Latin America, as well as in other parts in the world, were focused on the scientific aspect of the microscopy, right? In the developing of new technologies, in the application of the microscopy. And as soon as we touched or this uh, interest of the global bioimaging as well as Eurobioimaging and others, we identify that we lack of this kind of initiative in the region that can support not only the academic side, but also the, uh, you know, uh, broadening the opportunities, expanding the capabilities and, you know, supporting the uh, recognition and the career for many microscopies that are not strictly speaking scientists. Uh, on, on on different ways of you know uh, evaluation or analysis that we have, right? So it's interesting. Uh, just you talk about the academic societies and the academic meetings, which are very uh, scientific, question led. So would you argue that maybe is there for the delivery of microscopy and the support of the delivery of microscopy across Latin Latin America? Would you say that's what your main aim is? Is to support that as a whole? Yeah, yeah, I think. Uh, let me tell you something that that I think it's very interesting in, and it has to be with how we we become like a new organization besides the ones that we already had. When we started talking about this, uh, this was all like kind of catalyzed by a cooperation project that we can talk about later uh, between Mexico and Uruguay, and um, and one of the. And we had this idea, but one of the things that we all agreed is that we need to to see if this is something that we really need in the region. And and I particular, I personally traveled to the CISM meeting, which is a, a meeting of the, the biggest meeting in microscopy in our region that brings together also the North American uh, societies of microscopy and Canadian. And we presented the idea of LABI in, in the General Assembly of CISM and say, uh, I was invited by, by the people of CISM to say, okay, bring this idea and, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. And there was a very good reception of the people in that assembly saying, okay, yes, this is something different that is dealing with other aspects that we're not and that it would be very good to have in the region. Uh, I don't know if you, if that kind of answers your 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 question. <laughs> no, no, it does. And so, so why 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 not make it Uruguay or uh, Uruxico? Because you see, it's Mexico and Uruguay to start with. Why go so big? To start with. Well, I think I think we realized from the very beginning, and 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 this is something that also relates of how. Uh, we are approaching this. Uh, we realized that we need to, uh, when, when we proposed this cooperate national binational cooperation project, we said uh, one of the main goals was to expand this to the whole region because we believe, we strongly believe to all of us uh, that we need that to really improve capacities in the whole region. There's not one single country or two countries that are gonna be able to develop capacities in imaging alone, right? And uh, there's so many uh, good science, so much good science going on around us and very close to us that we need to try to bring together that people. Okay, and, so, mm -hmm, yeah. so I, I, I'm gonna, I, Marianne, you traveled around Europe, America, Africa no. as well, Asia as well. So, well that would be interesting. So in, you know, if you go to the UK, hmm. you know, UK is pretty well kitted out. You know, it's well networked. You know, yes. we've got the Royal Microscopical Society, we've got Biomaging UK. We've got the network, we've got lots of equipment. So, so we can facilitate and do lots at the moment. Marianne, you've been to different European countries and, and I presume each country has had similar capabilities. You're in America. Andres, you've been over to the States, similar equipment. Not... Is it not the same back in Latin America? 
I think if I can, so I, I, I left uh, Mexico when I was about 15 or 16 years old. So it's been, it's been a while. But what I think is different in a way, and that's something that in the focal plane interviews that we've been doing, all of us together, is... Um, so going back to your question on Latin Americans, I think we have things that unite us in many ways. We have very similar history. We share languages. Uh, there's a cultural identity. Every country is different, but there's a lot that we share. But one of those things is the big brain drain, if you want to call it so. So many Latin Americans going abroad because there's you know more resources, less bureaucracies, it's easier to do research, etc. But this also, my feeling, my own and within the interviews is we don't, so there might be capacities and there's a tendency to try and collaborate or for, for many years, there's been a tendency to try and collaborate with the global north. Like you, you wouldn't even know like, oh, they really have a whatever, cryo -EM in Brazil. I didn't know that. And I went to my collaborator in, in France. So this is something I think there's a... a it's for multiple reasons, but one of them is lack of awareness that the, the expertise exists in the region. And I see that's where it's different. So within Europe, which is where I did most of my career, there was this knowledge and this acceptance as well. Like we have a cryo EM in whatever, in, I don't know, in France. And, uh, and the people there have the expertise to support it, right? So I think um, both of these things are... are relevant to to or what, what needs to be built up in Latin America that we know that the experts are there that we trust this expertise and that we uh, foster these collaborations in the region that's my opinion but uh, I'm sure Lionel and Andres know more yeah. about this yeah I totally agree <laughs> I second of course of course I agree and I want to to say that you you I think you um you pointed to a to something that at least I saw very different in Latin America compared to Europe or the US, especially with, with Europe where you have networking and networks actually working really well. Uh, that doesn't happen in the, in any, I personally experienced in Mexico, for instance, uh, that the disparities that exist and uh, between different parts of the same country, uh, are huge. People do not even know in the same city what they are doing next to each other. Or so it's very often what Mariana just said that people collaborate with uh, the global north. Let's call it, <laughs> where because usually in Latin America you go and do a postdoc out, either in the U.S. or Europe or uh, Japan or a developed country, right? And you establish connections with that. And those connections become more str stronger than the ones that you establish with your neighbors. And this is actually one of the main points why we try to, uh, why we are building this, uh, to foster that connections among Latin American scientists, and also to, to do it in a different perspective. I mean, when you think about scientific societies, there is a kind of competitive uh, aspect in 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 science is competitive in many ways, and and this is something that we we are trying to change in, or to have in the in the very top of of our heads. It's a this is, lobby is a collaborative effort. It's not a competitive. So it's a it's completely different framework you we are not uh, gaining anything we're not being paid for any of the things we're doing uh so so so, so what's in it for you i was going to ask this question later but you just said you're not being paid you know there's no what's in it for you why are you all doing it i was going to start with Lennon on this one well why are you doing this why are you involved why are you well for me the answer was it's, it's very simple and, and very straight is because uh you know after being some time outside you know and going back to to my country i really wanted to support you know the opportunity that i have outside the country that wasn't you know available or or, or open for many people in, in in the country but also in the region so 
in in my perspective it's very romantic so I, I i wanted to come back i wanted to come back and do things for for me and for others of course uh and um but when you elaborate a little a little bit more in the answer well i think the 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 the, the big important point is you know we we always uh have chances to be better in better situation with better funding with better uh, um, capabilities with I don't know etc and larger equipment whatever but my 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 position to that is you know we can build on what we have and we and I truly believe what Mariana said before is there are science and scientific people in 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 Latin America which is really excellent and in and they have the chance to go outside and write in different centers across the globe and then they come back and even with this limitation that we all know we still have great science and we still have the opportunity to uh, approach and to uh, you know tackle problems who are for for or in latin america right and i think this is what really motivated me uh, i i really want to work in things who are involved in my everyday. So I work in the clinical hospital as well as in Bitupastar. My problems came from the clinics. So I'm trying to solve and develop things who are, you know, problems that my colleagues in the hospital uh, uh, ask me to, to for help, you know? So this is my, my model later answer to, to you, Peter. So would you say, if I'm gonna condense that right down, that it's a sense of local, national, continental pride that you don't want to go to Europe to work. You don't want to go into North America to work. You want to be in your home country and to help and develop. Is that in a nutshell about the right thing? Yeah, you keep the tender. <laughs> and is that the same for you, Mariana? Yeah, so that's a very good question. You're um, in Chicago at the moment, aren't you? I'm in Chicago, yeah. So, so why are you I... helping? Because I will, I'm Latin. I'm Latin American. I have always, you know, been. I will always consider myself Latin American, and I love my country, and 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 so on. So uh, there are several things I wanted to add here. So one is, um, and which is something that we want to work towards with Lavi as well. And I've been, you know, I'm, I'm starting to get more involved in that, which is bringing. Uh, I'm going to also. Uh, show the opinions of, of some of the people I've been interviewing, which is uh, recently I spoke to Carlos Bustamante, so his interview should be coming out soon. And he was saying, you know, it's not bad to want to remain abroad if that's what you want to do. But I think we should uh, take, you know, make the most out of that. So we also cry and say, oh, the brain drain. But so he established a twin lab. His, his lab is in Berkeley, I believe, and he has a twin lab in Peru where this expertise is very easily bridged. And he was like, I don't understand why people are not doing it more. And it's something I would love to do. So, but as I said, I left when I was 16. I have like zero connections in Mexico when it comes to this, but it's something I would love to do as well. So, he, you know, something we discussed, him and I was the choice, right? You choose to leave and this is fine, but how do you pay back to your region if that's what you want to do? It should be possible. Like you are not, a, are you bailed out because you left? Um, so. This is in general. The other uh, person I will quote now, also in general, whom I was really touched when she said this, which is why I left at some point, was um, Veronica Eisner, who is from Chile. And she said to me, so I was asking her, like, why are you building, you know, what's your motivation to build the, the, the microscopy in your country? And she was like, because being able to do good research in your own country is a privilege. It's a privilege to be where your family is, where your friends are, where you grew up. Like we shouldn't need to go abroad. Like it's okay if you choose to, but it shouldn't be a need for you to do good science. And I want to, to build on that in my region and in my country. And so this is, you know, I, I, I agree with all of these. And I think, you know, I, I hope future generations don't have to make this choice where, I mean, I have found it tough to be abroad. There are, Many, you know, it should be like, yeah, I want to go on an adventure rather than I need to be there if I want to such and such, right? So that's one thing. Um, yeah, that. Um... Can, I, can I can I compare you? Dare I compare you to a footballer who 
we'll go overseas because the opportunities, the big games are, I, 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 I know the soccer in Latin America is very big, but you know, you still want to go to your Real Madrid's, your Barcelona's, your Manchester United, definitely. Uh, but I, I think the football players will go there, but most of them will want to return home when their career ends. And quite a lot of them set up foundations, charities, which is, I guess, a bit like the twin lab type philosophy because they give back to where they were brought up because they appreciate that's what gave them the opportunity to, to become that star footballer. And, you know, you're star scientists. Yeah, you know, and, and just like a football player, you go around as a commodity using your skills, moving up the ladder. But one day you quite often want to go home or at least enable other people there to develop where they're brought up. And I think, Mariana, I think that's what you just described yourself as uh, as Lionel Messi or someone. No, I wouldn't, I wasn't there. But uh, <laughs> the other thing is we don't. So for, I, first, I didn't understand uh, when I was interviewing, for example, in Uruguay, everybody went back. Everybody I interviewed went back to Uruguay. I was like, this is not what I heard in Brazil or in Mexico, right? And then I started digging into, okay, what are the different realities? And for example, something that has come up in Mexico is just the level of violence in the country, right? So this is, for example, one thing that keeps me away. Like, I'm super happy being able to leave the lab here at 11 and reach home and be sure that I'm going to reach home. Uh, the level of violence, is especially against women as well, in general, but to women. So these choices are, are choices, right? But it shouldn't be the access to, to science. So I'm all for democratic science. I think we should all be able to access everything and do the science we want to do. And as Veronica said, you know, when I interviewed her, I, I almost cried when she said that. I was like, I would love to be where my family is doing the work I love to do. I, I think science without borders is really critical. Uh, but the more we enable science to be done locally, the better it will be as well, because I think that helps society in general. Uh, Andres, what, what, what about yourself? I, yeah. What's your motivation? I'm probably the only one that that can be uh, barely compared to a footballer because I, I came back when I was uh, kind of old and retired and with belly. And this is what happens with footballers <laughs> here. I mean, they come back to Uruguay when they when they cannot play more in in the, in the top leagues. And and I know Lionel, for instance, he was in 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 the best part of his career, um, being a in the top and he decided to come back i and 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 it's interesting what mariana said and uh, i think we talk about this with Lionel. i was here i came uh, uh, a year before no a couple of years before he came back and we talked about while he was there uh what's the best way to to help i mean sometimes and for me it was for a long time i spent almost 15 years abroad and most of the time i thought i was helping my country uh, better being abroad than than where i was at that time uh, it took me some time to realize that i can now be doing something as i expected to 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 be changing the reality in in my country and region but uh, yeah, for a long time, I thought I was giving more being outside I, for different reasons, personal reasons and, and scientific reasons as well. So I, I'm going to switch a little bit now. How many different countries does Labi represent? How many hmm. different countries do you have members of Labi from? Okay, that's that that's a that's a good question. It's a, actually we have seven countries participating actively in the executive committee but i think we had like uh, 17 actually uh, with people registered as participants so it's a uh, it's 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 more participants than actually rep formal representation I, I was going to ask what what do each of you think is the biggest challenge that you have? And I, I'm going to start though. It's a huge space, you know, to travel from who's the most, who's, you know, think about your extremes of distance of your members. Mm. 
how has anyone got an idea of how far away that is or even just how far by aeroplane that would be to travel from those extremes more than 20 hours probably no yeah very often people does not realize about that peter i mean when i was living uh, yeah i mean when you invite people to come to your way very often uh for meetings or things like that and and especially from the us they say okay uh, they think it's okay they go to mexico it's a couple of hours flight three four hours and then you don't expect it uh, if i want to go to where you are it would take me at least 19 hours to buy so by plane <laughs> so it's uh it's yeah. huge I, I, and it's I a big and reality sorry Lionel, but the the diversity of those i was talking in in vina meeting the the, the diversity of uh, the cultural diversity even though we have a lot of commonalities in in our ident cultural identity i mean it's also very very diverse i think it's uh, after africa is probably the most diverse region of the world so in terms of language for instance so Leno, uh, you you were going to say no i i was i was just trying to comment that you know if i have to to visit mariana in mexico or some of the colleagues we have in mexico the difference in time to get into, I don't know, Arvine, California, where, where I did my postdoc, is probably two hours. So it's 15 hours to to DF, Mexico, uh, and um, two hours, three hours more to, to Arvine, California. So it's, it's really, really, really far. And, uh, and this is always a, a, a handicap that we have to overcome when we have to attend to meetings, when we have to go to collaboration, when we have to travel for everything. Uh, and for me in particular, this is a boost. It's something that really uh, uh, put me in the positive way, not not in the negative way. No, I will do it anyway. You know? I, I, I remember, uh, where was it? I was looking somewhere and just thinking, my goodness, you know, in one country, it takes longer. I could fly to the south, to the north, to the south, to the north of the UK, probably seven, eight times in the time it takes to travel the width of Brazil. You know, it, it's just nuts, nuts in the distance. So it's one of the challenges. You, you said you've got seven on the exec. You've got different, presumably trying to set up nodes or hubs in different areas. You're going to have to have that because people can't even afford to travel necessarily to those hubs. And, and you know, is is that the biggest challenge? Ah, it's, it's, wow, I just, the, the problems you are going to have, the challenges you are going to have, are on a different scale because of geography, because of the finances. Uh, so th that's what I would see as a bit, the enormity, I think. You would possible. imagine, sorry. Yeah, Mariana, please. Yeah, no, I would imagine. So I'm, I'm you know, I'm probably the uh, least experienced of, of the three of us here in, in that respect. But uh, speaking again, uh, from everything I've heard during the, the interviews I've done and what I've seen is also, the as, as Leonel and Andres were saying, the realities of the countries, they pose challenges on their own. So uh, what happened? Something, some instability at the government level. I don't want to you know, say names of what problems and so on. So, you know, when I, as I move across regions and people say what the, what the historical and social and political context is, and many say, so now imagine trying to do science and looking at your, so I, I usually ask the question, where do you see science going in the next 10 years? And so many have answered, I don't know where it's going tomorrow, right? We don't know what's happening with this government tomorrow. What, what do I know about 10 years? So I think a challenge to that, and in addition, you know, now travel across countries, go to a conference or or somebody again was saying, yeah, we're trying to make a conference and then there's a dengue outbreak or there is and then there's a coup and then there is you know malaria outbreak so it's a it's a very complex scenario uh, where indeed people are trying to do science when all of this is happening in the, in the background i so, would imagine this is an, another thing of challenges but um, i don't know, again i i, I, I think Peter... across most continents i, I think yeah, look at yeah. europe at the moment it has its 
challenges. Uh, Africa has its challenges. You know, we've, we've lost collaborating with Sudan. Well, not lost them. They're, they're, they're there, but we, we can't carry on those collaborations with Sudan because they've closed down at the moment. Mm. So, so it happens everywhere. If I was to ask you, yeah, what is your target? What is your medium term, your five-year and 10-year target? What do you want it to look like from the bioimaging perspective? Because even if you're not a bio, not, if you're not a microscopist, for the world of genomics, for the world of mass spec, for the, you know, for the other technologies that underpin all the life science sciences. And I would even put the electron microscopes for the material scientists. They've got their technologies as well. You, know, you are trailblazers here in the region. So where you want to be, others can follow that type of thing. And I think, do you have a five year goal and a 10 year goal of where you, how you want it to look? And what is that? I don't know who's best to ask first. Uh, so if someone gives me the five year, someone else can give you the ten year, and then the other one can tell me why it's not going to happen. <laughs> what the real problems are. If, if I can take on on that, Peter, yeah. and connect with the previous one, because I think something that we should we are working on elaboration of what you ask about if we are thinking in in Quales, you know, centers, strategic centers in different places in Latin America in order to communicate and coordinate. Um, well, indeed, we are working in that way. Um, uh, the the main idea of connecting the people that we already have, um, and we already have in the lobby, is is with this aim. Uh, then we need to elaborate on how we are going to build these regional hubs, these regional centers that can be connected and can be well um, communicated. Uh, but but Lynn, we are. How how yeah. would they be connected? They're obviously not physically well, connected. How are they yeah. connected? How are these nodes actually connected? How are they working together? Well, in particular, now we have grants in order to achieve that goal. Uh, uh, we just kick off a, a, a grant the, the past April here in Montevideo, which is, is a regional uh, and B-regional because it's not only connect the people who are involved in LAVI, but some others too uh, in, in Latin America with Europe and with several countries with us. And in particular, we are trying to tackle a problem, which is we eventually may have, you know, um, the technology or we may have the opportunity of, you know, access to certain technology, but we lack of the, you know, human capacities. And what we are now trying to reach first is to, you know, grow the human capacities in the different centers uh, in a very, you know, synergetic way. Not, not Andres was mentioned about not to compete. You know, we are developing a center here in Uruguay who has a focus. But in Buenos Aires, there are, uh, and in Argentina, there are some other with other focus, and Chile others, and in Mexico, and in Peru, in Brazil. So our goal is to build up on what we have, in the know-how that we have, and eventually not all the center will have all the expertise and all the technologies but we will be well connected in order to uh, provide the access and expand the access for everyone. And uh, we have a second grant now under evaluation, all, also in collaboration with the uh, European Union co uh, collaborators. And all of them are in the same way, in the same logic, trying to build up from what we have already uh, and try to do the next step, which is, okay, now we we know, we have the know-how, we have the knowledge of where are the different opportunities, and then we provide access to everyone. And do you think the access, because obviously some of these, there's some samples, uh, Mariana, you mentioned parasites, uh, immunological research of parasites, they don't travel very well. No. <laughs> so do you see collaborations, academic collaborations being developed because, you know, They'll go to the microscopy, say, I want to do this. They say, we can't, but actually over in Mexico, they can, or in Chile, they can, or in Argentina, they can. And so then they, they will hopefully, academics can then find collaborators so that they can prep those samples to do that scientific study. Do you see that happening? I think it's already on the way. So I, I know that, for example, in Brazil, it's precisely this idea. I, I'm just familiar with Brazil right now, but they're trying to decentralize this and to build a hub in which precisely what you're saying, that they 
being such an enormous country, not just in terms of pathogens, but also plants and so on that shouldn't be moved around um, for you know ecological reasons or so on, that it would be great to have, say, a, a, an important center in that is fully equipped and fully with all the capacities in the Amazon, for example, and being able to do it there rather than travel all the way down to Rio de Janeiro or to Sao Paulo. I think that's already happening. Uh, and wouldn't it be great then if you had the US, the Canadian, the European PhDs, postdocs, wanting to spend three years at the source of those pathogens, whether it be human or plant, instead of trying to replicate it back then? Actually, it's the opposite way, isn't it? To, to how it is at the moment, it brings through because then they're close and it, you get a feel for the samples. It's tech, do you know what's, what's great about this? For me, technology is what brings people together. It's what enables science. And I think the, uh, Mariana, I think that idea of just having the technology that can solve all those problems that have been asked and been researched in Europe, the American, North Americas, you know, it makes a lot of sense to go to where these, the parasites, the, pathology, the pathogens actually are, because it's much safer and environmentally much better. And the impact is where it matters quite often. This is probably the next step, Peter, because what we need next is to establish, you know, these local capacities in order to tackle the question that we have in place and not travel because there are, as you say, there are things that you cannot travel, right? Uh, and this is the basically the, the fundamental claim of the stabilization of these centers, these hubs in the region that can concentrate not only the technology, but the most important thing is the know-how, how you take a better advantage of the technology that we have or we will acquire in the future. Because as as, as we all know and we all agree, we always have limitation of funding. So we need to really support a case if you want to buy a cryo-electron microscope, because it, of course it's, it's more than a million dollars. So any country, even Brazil, which has 700 electron microscopes, will have to justify why it needs a cryo-electron microscope. And, and I think this is exactly what you say. But in, in, in another part, we also need to take advantage of the opportunities. We have to collaborate between regions. And I think this place has the opportunity to support local and regional people to maturate you know, the project in order to then reach to the next level in the other opportunities they have. You know, we can elaborate our project at, at, at the level where it's you know, um, fair to go to your place or go to you know Shanilia or go to MBL to test the next hypothesis, right? Uh, because we will never have all, all the all the instrumentation. No, this is the next challenge. How do you get it funded? Mm. Where's the funding come from? Because you know you're in different countries. So it's it's not like the EU, which the UK is not there at the minute, but let's, let's dodge that one. You know, the EU has common funding, so countries can work together because there's one funding pot. I don't think that exists in Latin America, does it? No, no, it doesn't. And uh, this is this is a big problem in 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 that respect. Uh, and one of our biggest challenges is to keep maintain sustainability. You know. Currently, we are being funded by the CCI Foundation uh, initiative. So, so who's the CCI? For, for those who are not familiar with CCI, that the is the Chance Zuckerberg Initiative. Uh, they gave us a, a, a funding. The, the initial funding, I would say, it, it was from the this binational cooperation project of Uruguay and Mexico. Those were that that's government money uh, that those two countries put together for social cooperation or international cooperation. Those kind of funds exist in, in, in many directions within Latin America, but uh, that was the initial funding. And then the Chan Zuckerberg Initiative, they gave us a, a three-year grant for, for us to being able to develop the network. So that's the funding right now. Uh, I mean, in terms of uh, practical, comes to the Institute Pasteur in Uruguay, but we have one person working 
for the network, which has helped us a lot to really make it work because uh, uh, that's that's necessary. There is a big challenge also to to make the people understand that to keep this working is not only um, our work, science, because we are not being paid or recognized for, for this, and so it takes. It's a double effort and very often not well recognized. And so it's very important to have professional aid in that. And we're having it now for three years. And the next one of the next big challenges, on top of the ones you mentioned before, is that one. How do we get funded to continue with this? I, we have I, quite I, the answer, but uh, nothing sure yet. I will challenge back on one bit. I, I would say it is helping your recognition. Uh, you know, you say you get nothing back, you don't get the recognition. I think that maybe that's financial or within your, yeah, no, yeah. but that will come because your international reputations are growing. You know, I, 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 I wouldn't have known about you if it wasn't for the initiative. And, and I think a big shout out to Chan Zuckerberg uh, and their funding streams, because it does fund slightly differently to how the other uh, foundations fund and for those who don't know Chan Zuckerberg this is essentially Facebook are sponsoring <laughs> these initiatives uh so you know social media is an all-important part and I'm sure actually social media whether that be Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or whichever must play a big part in your communications to make people aware because I guess the next challenge is to make people aware that this is actually happening because it's such a big area microscopy labs some microscopy labs may do you think there's some that haven't heard of you yet across latin america many people, for sure many people. for sure yeah for many sure many people doesn't know yeah. yeah so how Even, can we reach yes. them come on how can we reach them what, what is everyone who's watching this or listening to this now what do they have to do to help you reach those corners that you haven't reached yet well first of all you can go to our webpage log in and register themselves so Everybody will be, you know, receiving our uh, monthly newsletter and every information related to 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 Latin American bioimaging. So I, I have to ask, and maybe we could get some something more clearly. What is the web address, and what do you have a Twitter handle? Yeah, because yeah, we, you we... need people to share that that Twitter handle that web. So you need people not just to go to the site, but then to share it and to tell their friends about it, not just in latin america because if it's someone in europe or it, look at mariana you're now up in chicago but if you were to tweet about it it's going to reach colleagues in other parts of you know your yeah. pathogen biologists that will then pass it on so, so go, what, what, what is your twitter handle uh, it's right now it's latam bioimaging uh that, that that's the the twitter handle L-A-T-A-M, bioimaging. And the, the website is exactly the same, L-A-T-A-M, uh, bioimaging.org. But that's going to be changing soon because what part of the support from CCI was uh, devoted to actually make a professional website. So in a, in a couple of months, that would be looking different. And uh, so it's extremely important to help to spread the world. I think that's, uh, and this, what you're doing, Peter, we thank you very, very much because I think uh, help us reach an audience that it's very important. Uh, I'm sure many Latin Americans even will find out about Labi thanks to this. So thank you very much for that. And and you do not have to be Latin American to, to be registered and to help uh, if you want. So, and to participate, this is uh, so far. It's open <laughs> to anyone that can participate and share information, share resources, uh, get connected to, with people, which is one of the main goals to connect people <laughs> and to get. Uh, I wanted to add also. Sorry, yeah. No, that, um, part of the part of the joint efforts in a way. So that's how you know I got into co uh, contact with with Leonel and with Andres is precisely so someone who has been helping us out is uh, the company of biologists they gave us through focal plane they gave us a platform for the interview so the idea it started with well let's um um like 
how do you say this? Um, yeah, to, to raise awareness and talk about the, the the careers and the paths and the work that is being done by Latin American scientists, both in Latin America and abroad. And now, I mean, we we wish to incorporate similar efforts also. Through, so it's you know many of the people that have been interviewed are part of LAVI, um, and the idea is the same too. To uh, well, now it's I want to make it a thousand voices from Latin America and then continue with that. So because it's such an enormous region, just doing <laughs> ten interviews per country, it's a five-year project in the in the timeline that they asked me to stick to in focal plane which was one interview per week but if we do it a thousand then that's 15 years so you know the idea is just <laughs> to, um, it's it's part of those efforts so uh the the we want to do things also via lobby and i think we're meeting sometime soon to to talk about that outreach but um i feel the compass of focal plane is giving us that so it's reaching a different audience as well right it's both latin in the region but abroad as well and yeah so far the feedback has been really good in that i i think Just what you say yeah. sorry Andres, i think what you say peter and i think we have to knock the door we have we still need have to talk the, knock the door we need to go to meetings meetings outside of lobby meetings meeting outside of of you know our you know uh, space of comfort and go and say we are loving we are here to do this and explain uh, we are still in this uh, 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 step of the uh, growing of lobby. So I I think this is an important point actually because <laughs> it's not microscopists you need to, well you do need to talk to microscopists and reach out to them because you're still at an early stage you're only three years in but you also need to reach the end users. But it's through the end users you're probably going to meet the funders mm -hmm. the people who have the money and i'm not just talking about the chan zuckerbergs uh, yeah. i'm talking about the, the governmental funders and getting them to understand the importance of the infrastructure and how the infrastructure attracts the best scientists the infrastructure stops the best scientists leaving because they have it on their doorstep that's a really important message and not all politicians will necessarily understand that straight away. So championing funders is one of the most difficult tasks, but at the same time, one of the most important tasks. So the more you're, the more noise you make, the better the chances you will actually start reaching that. But I, I, I don't know if you have a plan of how you can do that, because that is not simple. We, we will be discussing that with you in person in September, hopefully, because <laughs> that's that's why we meet, uh, we have these discussions online, but I think uh, we are still in the in the phase that we need to, to identify the key steps that we need to take to to actually make this work uh, useful. Yeah. But, but if I oh, can add to this also, uh, Peter, you know, within this grant that we, we are, we were spoken before, about cooperation between Europe and Latin America, some of the things that we want to produce is not just you know the training or the you know uh, acquiring of better practices in in one thing or another. It's also to produce you know documentation that can support and can help to you know uh, um, policymakers and you know funders, particularly specifically of you know government. How important is bioimaging? How important this this is a this is a consortium that not not only includes bioimaging, it's also structural biology. The two communities are now very very close because you know bioimaging take a big role now in structural biology by all related to to cryo microscopy many other techniques. So we are convinced that in that way we share force between the two you know big networks and we will be able to uh, generate the opportunities in terms of funding that that not exist already, right? I, I think it's quite, you know, Europe is, is uh, the UK, I, I think, is, is in an exceptional place. Uh, mm -hmm. Really exceptional. Europe is in a good place, generally. <laughs> it's interesting that Bioimaging North America is in its infancy to an extent for networking the bioimaging microscopists. Obviously, they've got the material side is pretty well looked after and the electron. The light microscopy is only, 
I would say now coming together better, more collectively as a, as a continent. Uh, so you're not alone. And obviously with Africa bioimaging is also has its challenges. I think, but I think your challenges are different to what they have. Uh, yeah. What courses, what events, what sorts of things are you doing to, what are you delivering? Are you delivering courses, conferences, networking meetings? Give me an example of some of the things you're doing at the moment. So, so one of the, the main tasks, I mean, for instance, we're building a platform for communication and, and to have a channel of communication. This is something very important. And in terms of, we, we do not organize courses, but now we have training programs that support people to travel from one place to another in, in, in Latin America. Also outside, for instance, we have now someone visiting Janelia Farm Laboratories to get trained and to see how, it, how they handle uh, a top-class facility. But we also have someone traveling from Chile, from Colombia to Chile to do, to have access to a certain uh, equipment that they do not have in Colombia. So this is the, the main um, actions, deliverables that we have so far. Uh, it's uh, those training programs just to help people get, get trained in, at different levels, not only as users or access to equipments, but also for uh, facility stuff, you know, to, to learn how to run a facility, to exchange experiences about that and implement changes and to cooperate. Right. Uh, Mariana, were you about to say something? No, I was listening. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I, I would, uh, I spoke to Chris Wood about this recently, uh, setting up a course, even if it's in the basic, not, not the most advanced technologies, just confocal, for example, because it's fairly common. If you were to run a course and get those students back on an annual basis to then share what they've done with it to the next cohort, you will develop a network of Latin bioimaging scientists, researchers, not microscopists per se, but researchers using it that will actually really strengthen the environment. I, EMBL have done that exceptionally well. And, but a course is a very good nucleus to start those networks that can, and if you can bring them back together and glue them, they won't all stay. They'd, some will go off in different ways, but that's how the networks. And instead of having to then go off to collaborators in Chicago or wherever else in Pasteur, Paris, or wherever else it is, you, you'll have those networks within Latin America, and that, that could be start. We're working on that idea, and uh, and actually some of those courses already exist. And we what we're doing is to provide help to uh, Lavi so far. The funding that we have allow us to to help people exploit what we what is already being done because we do have. I mean, sometimes uh, what the the problem is that not everyone can. We do not have the funds to make it international, let's say, but we do have very high quality local courses. And uh, some of them, we didn't even know until uh, we started to work together, you know, like, so this is, but it's, it, and we are working, uh, having a, like a, putting the people together to organize such a course. It was one of the, the idea for, for a proposal for CCI, but it did, we didn't have time to make it. <laughs> I, I have, we have three minutes or two minutes left. Leon, you're going to say something first, and I've got some very quick... No, no, no. Just very quick. You know, what, what you say is very similar to this idea of, of train the trainers. And, and this is something that really changed my mind in, in terms of training. We, we started last year with our, you know, unit doing this kind of, a, 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 of approaches. And it's really amazing because you, you generate what you say. You generate a community. Community of people who is involved, and, and it's amazing. Yeah, I totally uh, endorse what you say. Guys, you need to come on our course. Send them up to Europe. We do it. We've had people from Uruguay, Argentina, Brazil, Chile. They've all come to come to Europe, and then we'll train them to send them back. Uh, but on a more serious note, uh, before some very quick questions at the end, 
one thing that I think maybe the listener doesn't fully appreciate, we're very fortunate again in Europe or in North America, in that the commercial companies that supply the instruments can loan them in relatively easy. They, 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 they're being made within the region. At the, you know, we can talk directly to them very easily. Is that the same in Latin America? Oh, it's very, well, it's very difficult, Peter. Uh, maybe, maybe in Mexico because it's closer to to you to north, it's better. Uh, it's but in south, in south, it, at the south, it's very difficult to receive even a demo because you have to overcome many barriers of energy. First of all, you need to move equipment from very far, and second, you have a lot of costs associated to the to the movement of the demo. For instance, if you want to bring a demo to Uruguay. You need to deposit an amount of money equal of the cost of the instrument to get in the instrument in the country. So it's a guarantee. Uh, so it is very, very difficult. There are companies who are even willing to do it because they they, they, they com completely support this initiative. And we need to to make it to make it work. It's, it's not easy. And, and, and I know I, I, I'm mindful. And and this is not why Zeiss do this, but I, I am mindful that Herbert Chardon certainly uh, and Zeiss have been very supportive of uh, these and and in Africa as well. Uh, we make we make it work once. We make it work once last year with Imagine Latin America, which was specific meeting, uh, course workshop uh, or co-organized with uh, with Leon Chu from Chanibia Research Campus. Uh, it was in Uruguay, and we received 24 students from all over Latin America, and Sai supported with a demo. It was fantastic. It was the first time that I experienced this uh, in, in in my career. Uh, and here we are at York. Sai will do that every time because it's on the doorstep. It, <laughs> it, it, it's such a contrast. I think that's what I want the listener, the viewer, to to understand is, the, and the the cost for really easy the complexity for yourselves. It's, it's... Beyond beyond the demos or things like that, beyond, uh, for normal functioning of equipment, technical visits. I mean, we do. I mean, if for many things, uh, if you want technical expert, it would be in in Sao Paulo, for instance, or there's one in Sao Paulo only, or one in, and it takes. Uh, for ages for them to come and it is really really expensive um, i mean they put together like uh three or four visits in the region to come so we have to wait for a long time that that's one of the things we're with herbert for instance uh we have been discussing how how can we improve that and uh, how can labby work together to serve as a united voice to for the the problems of the community because very we share the same problem with people and sometimes we pay the, uh, we do not coordinate things or and we paid uh, a lot of money we, when and it's a duplication of efforts for everyone even for the companies so <laughs> yeah and it's not just a ice problem and and actually this is where the companies need yeah. to work together i think to help find those solutions uh, to make it cost effective and to make it more productive so we we are beyond the hour so i apologize but i'm going to ask very quickly Where's the next meeting? Mexico, Cuernavaca, nearby Cuernavaca. Uh, it's um, the state of Morelos, September. You'll be there, I hope. I'm coming. <laughs> yes. And my next question, if you could choose anywhere in Latin America to have a meeting, where would it be? I'm going to start with Mariana. Oh, <laughs> um... Galapagos Islands. Oh, I'm definitely going to that one. Lionel. I will have it here in Uruguay. <laughs> not not because I'm lazy, because I really like our country. Andres? Yeah. I, I would go for for Ecuador, which is a, a country that has a negligibly community so far. So Try to support the people that are pushing there. <laughs> yeah, a meeting in Quito. That that'd be that'd be okay. Uh so the next final question. 
what is the uh i'm gonna stop you right this has to be really quick best latin american country andres Oh, Mexico for me. <laughs> Lionel. Um, probably I would say Argentina in science Ooh. speaking. Argentina in oh. science speaking is one of okay. the big big country. You, you, you're gonna get you're gonna get deported now, Mariana. No, I think that's an impossible question. I mean, Mexico is my home where my family lives, uh, but I think all of them are amazing. I couldn't choose. You'll all make good politicians, which is why, <laughs> <laughs> which is why you're representing Biomaging in Latin America so brilliantly well. I'm going to say thank you to everyone who's listened to this version of the microscopist. There's also a special version for Biomaging North America coming. There's one from Africa already out there. They are all very different, different people, different challenges. All of you, I think you're doing an amazing job, and you know I hope everyone globally helps to develop as well because it's a global effort because we we can all share best practices i think that's really important so leonor mariana andres thank you very much today thank you thank peter you. thank you peter very important for us thank you thank you for listening to the microscopists a bite-sized bio podcast sponsored by zeiss microscopy to view all audio and video recordings from this series please visit bitesizebio.com forward slash the dash microscopists.